From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, I'm going to deep dive into our coin of the day yesterday to see if it even needs to exist. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Tuesday, August 16th, 2022. I'm experimenting a little bit today with the show format, and, you know, I experimented last week. I got feedback on that. <laughs> I took it. I understand. But I'm experimenting with different things. Let me know what you think. And now, to those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And the time is 9.04 a.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. We have Bitcoin sitting at $23,994, down eh, 0.2%. Let's just call it even from yesterday. Ethereum's at $1,891, up 0.3% from yesterday. Tether's number three, USDC's number four, and Binance is number five at 316. Again, pretty much even from yesterday. Running off the top 10, we have Cardano, XRP, BUSD, Solana, and Doge. And Doge is up 14% from yesterday. Total market cap, we're up 0.4% at $1.15 trillion. We have a BTC dominance of 40% and an F dominance of 20%. And I wonder if you guys noticed that I changed my mic settings. And so my voice should sound a little different. I bet nobody's going to notice because it's so minor that only somebody with headphones recording this is going to notice. Anyway, if you do notice, let me know. Matthew Ernest to Crypt.co. And now it's time for Coin of the Day. So for Coin of the Day today, we're going to do something a little different. I'm going to deep dive into yesterday's coin. And I read their white paper, went on their website, because I was very curious, because Bitcoin standard hash rate token, which was yesterday's coin of the day, I didn't understand what was going on with it. And so I wanted to understand, was this actually a thing that was useful? And my conclusion is that they're making a problem to sell a token. And I wonder if we're going to come to the same conclusion. So I'm going to build my case and at the end, I want you to email me, matthewernetdecrypt.co, and tell me if my conclusion is correct. Also, tell me if you like this kind of thing that I'm doing, looking at a coin in more depth and giving you my opinion on it. Anyway, so I went to their white paper and their website and so on and so forth, like I just said. And here's what they say in their white paper about what the coin is for. So, they said, Bitcoin mining is a profitable venture with limited liquidity. Most miners must choose between holding onto their equipment for years or relying on brokers for infrequent sales. This lack of liquidity means Bitcoin miners have few ways to hedge against or profit from the price fluctuations of mining machines. The same also discourages newcomers from seriously participating in Bitcoin mining. Finally, while traders often have the interest to gain Bitcoin mining exposure, it can be viewed as Bitcoin long options. High transaction costs dissuade them. Let me just talk about that first paragraph about why this token exists. There is no problem, at least I, in my opinion, uh, or I've never seen any problem with Bitcoin liquidity or liquidity in mining machines. If the new miner comes out and it's very efficient and it has an amazing hash rate and you can mine a lot of Bitcoin, you cannot keep stock of that. If you're in a bear market, maybe people aren't going to be going about to buy that because, as you know, 
The way that you make money and you profit on Bitcoin is you buy a miner that has a certain hash rate and you start mining Bitcoin. Your electricity cost is X. Your mining equipment is Y. And you're trying to make profit, right? Let's just call it P. And so you're mining Bitcoin, you're getting Bitcoin, and the amount of Bitcoin that comes in should outweigh the cost of your machine, basically your startup costs, and your electricity. So therefore, you get this Bitcoin, you sell your Bitcoin, you pay your bills, you pay off your miner, and whatever Bitcoin you have left is your profit. Now you can hodl or sell it. There is really no problem with the liquidity of the machine. Now if the machine gets old, and maybe you're a huge company, well, these miners still have a second market. There's a lot of hobbyists or people that want to mine Bitcoin that just can't afford like the new S19 for what do they cost, $16,000 or something? There's plenty of market for this. Give me it at a good price and I'll set up my basement and I'll start mining Bitcoin. Okay, let's continue with the white paper. So this is what they say. We propose to solve this problem through Bitcoin standard hash rate token, a token collateralized by the standard Bitcoin mining power. By standardizing and tokenizing mining power into BTCST, and listing the token for exchange trading, we can bring exchange-grade liquidity to the mining power. What does that even mean? Why do you need liquidity to your mining power? It doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make sense how this is actually being used. And it doesn't make sense how this is going to be used to give the miners liquidity. And so the website, when I went to the website, it heavily encouraged staking. Besides the white paper, there's really no explanation of what this token does. But it says, Stake your tokens, stake your tokens. And it tells you how much is locked in there, how much value is there, and it's very vague. If you're not a proof-of-stake system, why are you locking up tokens? Now, they do pay an APY. Now, their APY is 1.14% APY, which is very low. I'll get into that in a minute. But again, going back into staking your tokens, the only reason why you're locking up these tokens is to keep liquidity out of the market and to make sure that they control the amount of trading volume and the price of their tokens. Basically, what I think, this is the way I look at some of these uh, staking mechanisms or these whole, these whole ideas of staking, is that we want to build that price up because we have a stake in that price. We have tokens of ourselves. We have tokens that we have that we want to make sure the price goes to X so we can sell them to make a profit. But if everybody is selling and trading their tokens, that means that price can't build up. So we're going to offer you some kind of percentage to keep that liquidity, to keep those tokens out of the market, to keep you hodling on those tokens. And that's what it sounds like they're doing. They just want you to not sell. So therefore, they're going to give you an APY of said tokens and you keep them there while the price builds up so they can basically unload their bags. So then let's go into the APY. The APY is only 1.14%. Now, at first glance, you might think that's reasonable because it's not crazy like 20% or 18%, so therefore it might be manageable. But that goes to another point. Why would you stake your coins, which has X value, which is very risky in itself because you don't know how it's staked, you don't know who has control, you didn't audit this contract yourself, you don't know how vulnerable this is. They could just basically rug you with all your money. You don't know anything. And not only that is it's a risky proposition, it's a risky action in itself, but now you're not even getting a high reward for something that's very risky. Now, if you're getting you know, 20, 25% APY, again, red flags right there, but you can at least go, okay, I'm gonna get, make that 25% APY over the next two months, hopefully I don't get rugged, hopefully it doesn't get exploited or hacked, and I'll take it out, and hopefully I get a little bit of extra coin or money or whatever. Fine, I understand why people do that, it's very risky, but this is now not having a reward to the level of risk that you're taking. Anyway, going back to the white paper, 
I read all through it. Again, I don't understand the structure. If you are a holder or a hodler of this token and you understand it completely, email me because I might be wrong, but I don't think I am. But I read down all the way to their risk disclosure and risk management. And they said this in their white paper. While Bitcoin mining has traditionally been profitable, when viewed as a whole, the profitability in individual miners, including this project, is far less certain. Risks inherent in Bitcoin mining are equally applicable to this project because mining power is based on collateral. Tokenization introduces additional risks. So that goes into our first news of the day. Publicly traded Bitcoin mining company BitFarms saw a $142 million net loss in the second quarter, the company reported. During this quarter, BitFarms sold 3,357 Bitcoin for $69.3 million, and they used it in part to pay for an outstanding balance on a loan from Mike Novogratz and his company, Galaxy Digital. Compared to the same quarter last year, the company saw the revenues increase. It's $42 million compared to last year's $37 million, but that's because the company increased the hash rate, so they bought more miners, and they're making more money, but the price of Bitcoin is down and the electricity cost is going up. You see what I'm saying? So they have their cost basis for buying their machines. They have their electricity costs. They're making money. Bitcoin price is down, though. Even though they're bringing in more money, they're probably mining more Bitcoin. But you see how this is going. There's no reason to tokenize this. This is totally part of the, the business model of mining Bitcoin. <laughs> this is part of the white paper of Bitcoin. You don't need anything else but this. Which goes to my other point. If you have a company that is making a token based off a hash rate, and Bitcoin miners are now reporting losses on mining Bitcoin, that means that it's only a matter of time till they start shutting down machines to cut costs, which is going to drop the hash rate. This means you're staking all kinds of tokens, which are, they're making you and incentivizing you to stake tokens and keep them locked up so price go up so they can unleash their bags. It's only a matter of time till maybe the bottom falls out of this token price, and then you can't get it out for XYZ reason, exploits, or rug pulls. And this goes to my next news item. More than a week ago, crypto lender HODLNOT froze users' assets on the platform. Now the Singapore-based firm is applied for judicial management. HODLNOT is a crypto lender that lets users deposit cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum to earn interest. Again, it's locked up. Different business model, but it's still locked up. So this application for judicial management does a couple things. First and foremost, the application, which is officially filed on August 13th, will prevent the firm from having to sell its assets to make up any shortfall on its books. And second, the filing will temporarily pause any legal claims against the firm. Basically, y'all got to shut up while we focus on this. They said this in quote, this pause will provide us the breathing space to focus our efforts on the recovery plan to rehabilitate the company. So this is probably the longest coin of the day I have ever done, but it also included two pieces of news I was going to read to you anyway. The end verdict for BTCST is that they made a problem out of nowhere. It's a totally useless token. You're staking the tokens for no reason besides pumping the price and keeping your tokens out of the market. And I'm very confused why this even exists. Again, Bitcoin in its business model is very good. If you want to mine it, you make Bitcoin. If your power cost is low and your hash rate is up, you make money. If Bitcoin even goes higher, you make more money. If Bitcoin goes down and your power stays the same and your hash rate stays the same or, or drops, you lose money. It's very simple. And then you huddle your Bitcoin. And there's a limited amount of Bitcoin. The white paper is pretty clear. I actually read the white paper to you on this show before. You can see it in the history of our podcast. Also, you can read Bitcoin's white paper yourself. Again, if you disagree with my verdict on this token, let me know. Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. And if you like this deeper dive into our tokens, 
Let me know. Maybe I'll do this instead of coin of the day. Or I'll just pick a coin of the week and, I don't know, I'll take your suggestions. Moving into some more headlines today. The Federal Reserve released formal guidelines this afternoon to oversee the process by which institutions offering new types of financial products or with novel charters could be granted so-called master accounts, a key financial status that allows for direct payments with and access to the Fed. The Fed is hopeful that today's guidelines will help streamline application processes for novel institutions like Custodia and Kraken. They said this in quotes, The new guidelines provide a consistent and transparent process to evaluate requests for Federal Reserve accounts and access to payment services in order to support a safe, inclusive, and innovative payment system. The guidelines set up a tiered framework that organizes applicant institutions based on their apparent risk levels. Tier 1 will consist of federally insured applicants. Tier 2 includes institutions that are not federally insured. And Tier 3 includes institutions that are neither federally insured nor subject to prudential supervision, but rather subject to a supervisory or regulatory framework. So this Tier 3 is where kind of Kraken would probably fit in. The Electronic Frontier Foundation, or the EFF, has joined the chorus of crypto and privacy advocates pushing back against the U.S. Treasury Department's decision to issue sanctions that ban American citizens from using the Tornado Cash coin mixer. The EFF, a digital rights organization, was founded three decades ago. The EFF tweeted this. EFF is deeply concerned that the U.S. Treasury Department has included an open-source computer project, Tornado Cash, on its list of sanctioned individuals. Code has been long recognized as speech, so there are clear First Amendment implications whenever the government inhibits the publication of computer code on a public website. This is getting even more interesting. Again, I didn't get anybody's thoughts on this. I would love your thoughts. Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co Publicly traded blockchain service company Equinix Limited, or EQOS is the ticker, announced on Monday that it was shut down its cryptocurrency exchange operations, citing falling trading volume and intense market competition with low margins. The exchange will close on August 22nd. That gives customers one week to close the derivatives trading positions, after which all trading on the platform will cease. The exchange customers will also be given until 8 a.m. UST on September 14th to withdraw their crypto assets to an external wallet. All withdrawal fees will be waived during this time, the company said. And finally, Galaxy Digital pulls the plug on a $1.2 billion BitGo acquisition, in which BitGo says, we're going to sue you, Galaxy Digital, for pulling out of this acquisition. And it's seeking $100 million or more in damages from the crypto investment firm. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, leave us a comment. And if you're on Spotify, smash those five stars. Until tomorrow, happy hodling, everyone.